0: All right, welcome back. This is the Damn American Podcast. My name is Scotty H. I am your host. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, first things first, follow me on Twitter, Damn American Podcast. where I give out all my picks about an hour before uh, each game starts, right when lineups drop, so when I get my picks out. You should be following because for the fourth weekend in a row, I'm positive in positive units. Um, so I'm making you money if you're following me. Um, this week, I think I was a little over two units positive last week. I was over eight and a half units positive before that a little, you know, a little lower, uh, positive units, but I'm getting hot and we're, you know, just about a third of the way through the season, Uh, maybe about a quarter of the way through the season. So follow me, uh, making you money. Um, got 10 games to talk about. Um, I'm getting this in right before. The Champions League, the afternoon, well, afternoon for me, 1 o'clock, Champions League game starts, Champions League games start, um, and the Man United PSG game is going to be great, I can't, am excited to watch that. Um, so let's get into it, let's uh, let's go ahead and get started. Our first game of the weekend was Crystal Palace and Newcastle, it ended 2-0 to Newcastle, um, wasn't a good game. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot going on until you know the last two minutes. Um but I was very impressed with with uh with Joel Linton and how and how he linked up with Callum Wilson. I think the two of them played really well together. Um, obviously having Callum Wilson back is huge for Newcastle. He is their uh their main man, their their front man. He, he, he needs to be there for Newcastle to uh to pick up points. Uh and Wilfred Zaha still missing from COVID. That really hurts Crystal Palace and what they want to do. They wanna be um on the counter attack and, and he's a huge part of their of their uh, attacking play um crystal palace i would say were the better team in the first half carl Dalo made some really good saves um but they didn't really you know they didn't have a, a whole lot of, of big chances until benteke had a header in in the in the in the, the final minutes um but the game was decided in the last, I think, I, let's think it was 88th, 89th minute, two goals. And, and Joel Linton plays a really good, uh, a really good pass for, for Callum Wilson's uh, nutmeg goal on, on uh, Guaita. And then uh, Joel Linton has a kind of a, um, a solo run that uh, Callum Wilson set him up on and, and gets a deflective, uh, deflected goal off, I think it was Gary Cahill, um, but, you know, a minute later and, uh, Newcastle win this game. And I, I, I bet on Newcastle to win this game with Callum Wilson playing and Zaha not. Um, I thought, I thought this was, uh, uh, well, I had to sweat it out a little bit, but, um, it ended up being, you know, a two, 0 win. And I, I didn't really see, I was getting, it was getting good. I was getting really good value on Newcastle win plus 250. I'll take that, you know, against a team that's, that's not playing their best player. So, um, yeah, Newcastle, I thought uh, deserved their win. They were they took advantage of their chances. Um, uh, Joe Linton had a had a bunch of shots in the first half as well. Um, that they easily yeah, they could have they could have had more. It could have been could have been a higher score line. Crystal Palace could have scored a couple, but uh, Newcastle keep Crystal Palace out for a clean sheet. Um, and I think if you look at the stats of this game. Crystal Palace fifty percent of the possession, fifty seven percent of the possession. That's not what they want. That's not what they want. They don't want the ball. Uh, they want to be. Yeah, you know, on def- you know they want to be defending, and um, you know have a have a, a live ball turnover and and run up the pitch, and that's uh, that doesn't um, it's not conducive to having the ball. So whenever you see Crystal Palace have over fifty percent of the possession, they're going to struggle. They're um, they're they're not gonna. That's not what they want to be doing. That's not what they're good at. So um, so Crystal Palace um, you know, lose this game two nil. Uh, the shots are pretty even, but once again, um, with Crystal Palace, they're resorting to to long range efforts. Other than the you know, the Benteke header late, um, and then Newcastle were the ones who were able to to uh, get balls in the box and uh, and finish off a counter, finish off a couple counter attacks. So, no surprise to see them win this game. Uh, I thought they played very well, um, so I, I I I picked Newcastle to win, and I'm you know not very surprised that they did. Uh, so my bets, once again, I had, I had a unit on Newcastle to win plus two fifty. hit that. And then I had another, uh, 1.22 units on the over, uh, the over under was two. So I pushed that and it was, uh, plus two and a half units just on that game. So good start to the weekend. Um, anything else to say about Newcastle and Crystal Palace? No, I don't think so. I think that's good. Um, next game was Brighton and Liverpool. Liverpool are absolutely decimated by injuries right now. Um, they and they haven't played well on the road, even with all their players. Uh, I think they've only won one game on the road this season. Um, and Brighton looked good. Brighton uh, may, had the, had the first chance. I th- Liverpool were you know were pushing pretty hard for a goal early, but um, I think it was Connolly who who had a, a, a you know pretty good chance early to put Brighton one nil ahead. And um, I wasn't able to do it. Uh, I did make the comment that the I think the <clears throat> I think they watered the pitch way too much. It was, uh, there were a lot of slips and uh, you know, a lot of rooster tailing with the ball. Um, but uh, I think what was it Nico Williams gives away a penalty, gave away a penalty um, in the first half. Uh, and my probably least favorite player in the Premier League, <clears throat> he puts it wide. Neil Mope misses his penalty. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and then within two minutes, he's off with a injured hamstring and, uh, a player I like a lot better, Leandro Trossard comes on. So as a Liverpool fan, didn't want to see Trossard come on and Mope go off, but that's what happened. Uh, Mohamed Salah had a goal ruled out for offside, a really good move. Um, I mean, maybe half of his foot, maybe a couple of his toes were offside. Uh, so that's, that's frustrating from a Liverpool standpoint. Um, but it went into halftime nil nil. And uh, within 15 minutes, I think it was the 59th minute, uh, Diogo Jota uh, scores another goal for Liverpool. I think that's eight in, in eight games for him in the Premier League. He's looking like one of the signings of the season. Um, and then Liverpool had another header ruled out uh, for offside, Sadio Mani, who was very clearly offside. Um, and then we had some, uh, we had an interesting decision from VAR uh, to give a penalty on a Andy Robertson foul on Danny Welbeck. Um, it's a decision that never would never a hundred percent of the time would not get, would not have been given if not for VAR. It's a very, very soft penalty. It's a, it's a, a situation where Danny Welbeck's not doing anything. He's not, there's no way he's going to turn that situation into a goal. And um, Andy Robertson, you know, is lazy and, and just tries to hoof the ball away, and uh, Welbeck gets there first. He's not doing anything with it, but he gets there first, and Robertson kicks him, and it's a foul. It's a penalty. Um, It's just contextually a very, very soft penalty. It is a foul in the box, which technically is a penalty, but to give a goal, to give away, I think it's something like, once again, 80% of of penalties get scored in the the Premier League. To give away 80% of a goal on a situation where Danny Welbeck's not going to score from there uh, that's really tough. it's really soft um, but it's hard to hard to argue with that it's just it's uh you know the the situation we live you know the 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 way the league is right now with var uh you just can't make challenges in the box you you need to be defending you can't be trying to win the ball off people because if you make a mistake, even you know how little of a mistake you know it could be but you've always got big brother watching and and uh and they'll do anything to to um, to give away a foul to to, to be um, I, I, I don't know how to describe it, but they they'll do what they think is right, even if it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, yeah, it's just a tough one to take for Liverpool, um, especially that late in the game. it's it's kind of a gut punch to to think you're gonna walk away with three points and then um, a situation like that, you give you give a penalty away, it's tough um Liverpool were clearly the better team uh had, had you know 60% possession uh more shots more shots on oh, I'm sorry they actually had uh they had less shots on on target than than Brighton did and uh less shots overall um but I would still say Liverpool were the better team uh they had had more than a few uh uh chances to to make this thing 2-0 And uh, just couldn't do it, and Brighton kind of rode their luck and get the penalty and and score it. So, um, tough for Liverpool, but a good point for Brighton at home. Um, My bets, I had Liverpool to win, one and a half units on Liverpool to win. Obviously, that that didn't hit. And then I also had um, uh, 1.13 units on the under to win a unit there. Uh, So, minus a half unit on my bets in the Brighton-Liverpool game. Uh, Next game of the day was Manchester City and Burnley. This is the first time we've seen a city, you know, thrashing this season. It took 10 games, but here we are. Um, this city team, that city team that played on Saturday, could win the league. This is a team who have probably the most talent in the league. I, well, Definitely the most talent in the league. Um, and if they're going to start playing like that, if Riyad Mahrez is going to start, you know, using his left foot like that, uh, it's nothing but trouble for the rest of the league. Um, I'm just surprised it took this long to, for them to figure it out. Um, not surprised that they won five nil, um, but we just hadn't seen it yet, so I wasn't going to bet on it. Um, and uh, Burnley, Burnley are one of the worst teams in the league uh, defensively. I thought they were, I thought they were better than this than to lose five nil. But I think there's any, any team in the league could could get beat five nil by this Manchester City team that that. Uh, that looked as good as they did. Um, I'm I'm a little worried about Raheem Sterling. I'm not sure why he's not. He hasn't played the last couple of games. He hasn't started the last couple of games, and I don't know what uh, the reasoning for that is. But it worked. It worked. You know, to to the point of a a five no win. So you can't really question um, Pep Guardiola's starting eleven here. Uh, once again, Riyad Mahrez had had a hat trick, um, rounded off I think in. Um, you know, early in the second half. Um, who else scored? Benjamin Mendy scored for for Manchester City. Ferran Torres scored. Um, I think it was it was three nil at halftime. Uh, Burnley had a few chances at the end of the first half to I'm sorry, at the beginning of the second half to try and cut into the lead, but they could not. But this was a a dominant Manchester City performance. This is a Man City performance that we. Had, gotten used to seeing over the last three or four years um, and it's scary to see if unless you're a Manchester City fan I think uh, I think that kind of put teams on notice it's it's tough to tough to win a Premier League game as it is but to win one5 nil even against a team probably a championship team in Burnley um, it puts the league on notice so um, they looked very very good they dominated this game 70% possession 19 shots to nine for Burnley and uh, this is a a thorough. Uh, very easy three points for Manchester City. Um, once again, I told, I said, I, I didn't, I wasn't going to bet on Manchester City to to win big. So I had, uh, I had a bet on Burnley plus two, plus two and a half. Uh, that obviously didn't hit because they lost by five. And then I had uh, money on the under, uh, which is unfortunate when a team scores five goals. So uh, lost a couple units there, which was tough. But um, you know, this is if if we start seeing this City team every week uh it's going to be easier to to lay some more goals with this Manchester City team they're going to start beating people by a bunch um next game of the weekend was Everton and Leeds how this game finished 1-0 I'll never know I'll, I it was it, this was one of the best 1-0s I've ever seen it was it was end to end it was so much attacking play and so many people hitting hitting the woodwork it was it was a it was a great game to watch it was a lot of fun um We started off Abdoulaye Dukure has a really good chance to score in the seventh minute. He needs to score. Jack Harrison has a really good chance in the 10th. Bamford in the 21st. Uh, James Rodriguez had a really, really nice touch and, um, and what we thought was a goal at the time uh, in the first half, but it was ruled out for offside. Uh, Rafinha hits the, hits the, hits the post. And I think Jack Harrison hits the bar. Um, We had a Risharlison goal ruled out for offside. Um, And then Harrison hit, I think he hit the post twice. He hit the post in the 44th minute. Um, And then Allen had a really good run through from his own half into, into uh, Leeds' box. And when you, when you start seeing central defensive midfielders taking the ball from their own half and, you know, running into, (laughs) into the opponent's box, you know, the defending's a little lacking. Um, But this game went goalless into the 79th minute and Rafinha scores, uh, to make it one nil, and that's how it finished. Uh, it was an incredible game. It was a lot of fun to watch. And I once again, I I, I bet on the over, and I'm really surprised it didn't hit. I think it could, easily could have hit. Uh, the over three could have hit in the first 20 minutes, very easily. And uh, for there only to be to, for there only to be one goal in this game was very surprising, especially if you actually watched the game. Uh, there were a total of 38 shots taken. Uh, the majority taken by Leeds, but um, to have fifteen shots and eight on target and to not score that's that's what everton did. That's tough to do. you gotta try to do that. Uh, but once again, we see leads with a majority of the possession. they love having the ball um fifty eight percent possession for leads and and I think if you if if that starts changing, um if they start giving the giving the ball away a little more if they're not having a majority of the possession, they're gonna start losing games. Um, but there's also the games, you know, against Leicester and Crystal Palace teams that don't want the ball that, you know, Leeds have struggled. So um, what else? Uh, my bets My bets for this game, um, I had uh, one, 1.13 units on Leeds um, to win and, uh, and you know, plus, plus a half goal, the, the, the Asian odds there. Uh, so I hit that. That was a good one. And then, uh, obviously, I had another unit on the over three that didn't hit. But once again, I'm, I'm very – I was blown away that this game ended 1-0. I thought this this was going to be a a very attacking, very open game, and it was. It just – neither team could score. There were some some really good saves and, and some goal line clearances that uh, kind of prevented that. But uh, Rafinha gets the winner in the 79th, and really surprised it took that long to score. Should have should have been 1-0 in on the 7th, but – you know, what are you going to do? It happens. Uh, it was a great game, though. I, I would highly recommend watching uh, that back if you've got the time. Um, next game of the day. Was that the last game? Everton leads the last game Saturday? I'm not sure. Uh, next game of the weekend was West Brom and Sheffield. Um, Sheffield. Sheffield are a bottom half of the table team who decided they don't want to try and score this season that's what they are. They are a team. I'm not sure if they're bottom. Um I think they are bottom. I think they have 1 point from 10 games, which is um a new league record if I'm if I'm not mistaken. But they have 4 goals in 10 games. And they're so much better than that with the way they play. That they just can't they just can't score. Excuse me. Um very tough to watch uh Sheffield play cuz they were so good last season and there's this really isn't that all that different of a team. Um, it's tough to watch them play. But for for West Brom, um, they get a goal in, I think, the 20, 15th minute, 21st minute, something like that, somewhere in there. And um, they deserve their goal, uh, set-piece goal for them, which is how a lot of these teams, you know, these lower league teams are, uh, are going to be uh, able to get their goals. Um, Sheffield were the better team in the first half. They just couldn't score. Uh, Oliver Burke had a, had a good, had a good chance. Um, Baldock had a really good chance in the, in the 63rd minute. Um, but they just, they, they've decided that they're going to try and win games without scoring. And that's, it's really tough to do that. It's tough to do that. Uh, if it, you know, what are you going to do? That's, uh, that's, they just, they're four goals in 10 games. That's all you need to know. Um, they did have a really good chance late, ninety fifth minute. Uh, Rianne Brewster had a really good chance. Uh, Ivanovich block, got a block in on that shot. Um, but I, I I wrote down that the better team lost. I thought Sheffield were the better team. They played the better football, and uh, they just they just can't score. They can't put the ball in the back of the net, and uh, that's the whole game. That's the whole game. So, not surprising they lost. When you when one team puts the ball in the back of that, and the other team doesn't, doesn't matter what 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 else happens the rest of the game. Um. Yeah, Sheffield, she- Sheffield had more shots and more possession. Uh, once again, just can't score. That makes it tough. Uh, my bets, I had a unit on a draw, which uh, I I thought that was a pretty good bet. But, you know, if-, if West Brom score and Sheffield don't, it's tough to win that bet. So lost that one. And then I had another one on the under, which, uh, which allowed me to break even on this game uh, with one goal scored. That's perfect for the under. Uh, game of the weekend, Sunday. Southampton 2, Manchester United 3. What a game this was. What a game. It was Manchester United giving away two goals, gifting two goals. And then the the comeback of the season, I would say. I think it would have to be. Uh United were the better team the whole day. They uh they had their they had early chances. Uh, Mason Greenwood had a really good chance. Oh, and then um, Bednarik scores from a corner, and James Ward-Prowse uh, scores from a free kick. I think Kyle Walker-Peters hits the posts in in, in between those two, um, but other than that, it was a it was United the whole way. It was United. They they were the better team. Uh, they're really good on the road. They deserve to win this game, and they did. Edinson Cavani was very impressive when he came on, uh, just getting two strikers' goals. Just two goals that uh, you would expect a um, a veteran. Very, very, uh, very goal poacher goals uh, for him to score those, and that's that's what he's good at. That's what he's there for. He gets two diving headers to make it 2-2 and do it to win the game 3-2 late on. But this was a really good game. Um, a couple other things. Uh, De Gea gets hurt, uh, so Dean Henderson makes his debut for United in the Premier League. Um, once again, Bruno Fernandez scores. He's been fantastic. He's got to be in the team of the season so far. Uh, Cavani in the 74th and then Cavani in the 92nd wins it. Um, yeah this this was this was a Manchester United win the whole game. They just uh, made it look really difficult. They were they were better than Southampton, which was um, a surprise to see. I thought Southampton that well I think they have been playing really well. Um, but Manchester United have obviously have more talent and uh, they just outclassed them even though they gave you know they gave away a two goal lead. Um, this was a a very good performance from United and a very good, uh, win for, for Ali. And, and it makes their eighth straight away win, which is, which is a league record. That's, that's very impressive, even though, you know, even though their home form is, has been quite frankly, awful this season. Um, this is United team that if, if they're playing on the road, I'm going to bet on them. I I think I'm going to bet on them to win because they're, they look great on the road. Um, 50 50 percent possession for each team um and united had more shots um yeah i thought they were a better team uh i had i had a unit on southampton plus a half goal so the obviously to uh, to lose to a um lose a two a two nil lead uh a tough to take to lose that bet but it happens it's gonna happen again uh there's no doubt about it and then i also had uh, another unit on the over. So hit that one. Uh, I was down a little bit on that game just with the juice. Um, so can't really complain about it. It was a great game. It was a lot of fun to watch, uh, even though the team that I wanted to win gave it away. Um, but, yeah, it was a great game. Uh, Chelsea and Tottenham were next. This this game kind of went as as, uh, as as I thought it did on you know, my last podcast. I thought this was going to be a very a very cagey 1-1-0-0 one, one, nil, nil type game. Uh, where neither team really wanted to lose it. I think uh, there wasn't really, in, in the second half especially, there really wasn't a whole lot of attacking intent. The first half there were a couple chances, and Atimo Warner had a really good chance uh, uh, to, um, uh, to score, but he just a little bit offside. Um, Bergwijn had a really good chance early, uh, but couldn't put it away. Um, it's surprising the way these two teams played based on the lineup. I, I think that it was a, both teams put out a very, very attacking, you know, it looked like they're, they were putting out attacking lineups, but neither team really played that way, which was uh, interesting to watch uh, a little frustrating. Honestly, I think if, if this game, you know, were a cup tie or something like that, it would have been, there would have been a lot more goals and you know, obviously there would have been a goal in the game. Uh, but there, I think this would have been a goal fest if, if this was, you know, an FA cup tie or something like that. Um, I wrote down Reese James. Reese James played really well in the second half. Uh, putting crosses in. Tammy Abraham just couldn't couldn't put any of them away. I think Ben Ben Chilwell had a really good cross into Tammy Abraham who couldn't put it away. Um I think the the only the only real, you know, guilt edge guilt guilt edged chance that anyone had was Mason Mount from long range in the about eightieth minute. Um really good save from Lauries. Um but other than that there really wasn't a whole lot, uh, to go around. This was, you know, a very defensive, uh, neither team wanting to lose it rather than one team trying to win it, uh, type of game. So not a surprise to, to see, uh, a nil nil, you know, type of game, but, um, good news is, uh, Kristen Pulisic re- returns, especially for me being an American. I like Kristen Pulisic, even though he plays for the wrong team. Um, but good to see him back. He's going to help Chelsea a lot. Um, but yeah this was this was a um yeah it's it's what we it's what i expected anyway i expected you know something like a first leg european tie it was going to be cagey and not a whole lot of goals and you know both teams not wanting to lose it so and that's what we got uh chelsea had more possession had more shots tottenham uh, probably had um i think Bergwine had the best chance of the game mason mount obviously had a really good chance late um but yeah, this is, I think I think the second the second uh, game between these two teams will be will be uh, more attacking and more hopefully more goals and and you'll see some two teams who are looking to become champions rather than you know trying not to lose it. Um, my bets in this game I had a unit on the draw. Uh, I also had a unit on the over. Which was kind of a kind of a hedging situation. I think you know a, a, a low a low scoring draw is more likely than a high scoring draw, so uh, I kind of you know hedging my bets a little bit there. But I'm happy to hit the draw. draws with plus two sixty, so I'm up uh, about a unit and a half on that game, even though I lost the over. So uh, I'll take that all day long. But Chelsea nil, Tottenham nil, uh, didn't didn't live up to expectations. Uh, last game of Sunday was Arsenal one, Wolves two. Uh, early in the game we had a huge challenge uh, Raul Jimenez and David Luiz clash of heads and uh, Raul Jimenez I think went off to hospital and had surgery on a on a cracked skull that's uh, that's some serious force behind a, behind a header so uh, I think Luiz had to get wrapped up and was bleeding throughout the game as it was uh, I think there were 10 minutes of stoppage time in the first half and that's that's pretty wild don't see that too often um, but Pedro Neto scores in the 27th minute um we had uh, i think Dan Donker finish or you know, hit the hit the bar hit the hit the bar with a header and uh, Pedronetto finishes finishes it to make it one nil. um Gabrielle equalizes in the 30th from a William cross uh off uh, following a corner and then Daniel Podence uh, scores in the 42nd minute um after Burn spilled a Pedronetto shot uh to make it 2-1 to Wolves and that's how it would finish um uh Bakayo, I think his name is Bakayo Saka, had a really good chance in the 50th minute, couldn't put it away. Um, and then Rui Patricio made a really interesting decision, giving the ball away to uh, uh, Emmerich uh, but he couldn't put it away. Uh, Reese Nelson had a really good chance in the 74th minute. Um, Ad- Aubameyang had a header in the 82nd minute, uh, but like, Arsenal can't score. Uh, it wasn't the last time they scored from open play. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if you count Gabriel's goal uh, on Sunday as a goal from open play, but it's it, they just I think they have ten goals in ten games, and and they're they're really really struggling, and uh, they're they're some they're a team that it's it's really interesting because of their pedigree and their history and um, the amount of money they've spent on their team. They've got to be better than I think they're 14th in the league right now, ten goals from ten games with uh, their strike force with with Aubameyang and Lacazette and um uh, Nicola Pepe who they spent 72 million on um it's just not there there's no drive there's no hunger there's no uh there's a lot of complacency there's there's no competition within that team who's pushing Aubameyang for play for a, for a playing time right now nobody so he if 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 he doesn't if he doesn't work hard if he doesn't score there's no there's nobody to take his place, and I think that's that's very very dangerous for a team, especially um, for a guy who just signed a new contract and and um, has got has been has grown comfortable um, uh, being in that team. And I'm not saying it's Obama Yang's fault. He's also you know, he's getting older. He's I think he's 31. He's he's not as athletic as he used to be. Uh, but this team, they've got no workers. They've got no grinders. They've got no. Nobody they've, they've got no they've got they don't have a leader. they don't have you know somebody to to push the rest of the team forward and and I think that's what they need. I think I think they need to bring in guys um, who are going to who are going to work. I, I, talent right now is not something that I'd be looking for in a signing for Arsenal. I'd be looking for somebody who wants to work, who wants to run somebody, a James Milner type of player. Obviously you're not going to buy, he's 35 years old. You're not going to buy him, but you need to go get some workers. You need to go get some guys and tell, if I'm Mikel Arteta, I'm going to buy a bunch of runners. I'm going to buy guys who will press, who will run, who will defend, who will work in that team and i'm going to tell you know, all the talented guys all with the the skill the skill players that i'm going to play these guys who are going to work because if there's one thing you can do on 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 the pitch it's work there's that's one thing that everyone on the pitch can do it's work and that you're not getting that from arsenal and i would pr- and if if the skill's not working then you got to try something else so you might as well go with some guys who are going to run around and press and defend and make life really hard for the opposing team um, because if they're not, if, if you're if you're Aubameyangs and Lacazettes and, you know, on down the line aren't scoring, then then why are you have them out there? Uh, if they're not going to, if they're not going to make any contribution to the team, why are you playing them? So I'd be, I'd, that's what I'd be looking for. I'd be looking to go get guys who are going to work, who want to, who want to run, who want to, who will run themselves into the ground for the shirt, and uh, that's what I'd be looking to do. Uh, these frill players, these, you know, luxury players, these guys who aren't, um, who aren't working, who aren't defending, who aren't, you know, putting 100% effort into, into the game, I'd drop them. I wouldn't be playing them. I'd be, I'd be playing the kids. I'd be telling them, listen, I, I, I want people who are going to run, who are going to work, and um, you're not it, and you're not scoring anyway, so what's the point of having you out there? Um, but, no, it's, it's, it's a really tough situation for Arsenal. Um, I really don't know what what, uh, what they're going to do. But they need to do something. Um, they had more possession in this game. They had they had more shots, less on target, but more shots. Um, and I, once again, this is a, this is an Arsenal team that I don't think they want the ball. I don't. I think that they would rather be defending. You know, have ten men behind the ball, play it forward, and everybody run, and you know have the decisions made for them. But that's not what happened with this Wolves team. This Wolves team's uh, dug in defensively with three at the back and. And were the better team, deserved to win. I thought they created better chances. Um, that's why I picked them to win. I think you know a Wolves team that are playing really well, getting three to one on a win against a team that can't score. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and take that. I'm gonna take Wolves to win. Uh, and they 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 I picked up three units because of that. Perfect. Uh, I also put a unit on the under because Wolves have been grinding out one no wins and Arsenal can't score. But three were scored. But. I will take the two units off the Wolves' win. Not going to complain about that. Um, the shock result of the weekend uh, was Leicester and Fulham. This was something I didn't see coming. I thought Lester would win this game pretty easily. I thought this would be a 3-1 type game. I think Fulham have been showing, they showed some fight against Everton last week, uh, but I didn't expect I didn't expect this, uh, I, and, and I'm really happy for Scott Parker. I like Scott Parker a lot. Loved him as a player, and uh, he might be a little bit in over his head uh, managing a Premier League side, but I really like Scott Parker, and, and he's obviously very passionate. I, I know he wants to win. I know he wants to his team to do well. So I'm really happy for them to be out of the bottom three for the first time this season. They are on seven points. They've got two wins and a draw. Uh, pretty impressive from, from from Scott Parker and and uh, and that team. There's not a whole lot of talent there, um, but yeah, they, I think I it, I would like to see them stay in the league. I like once again. I really like Scott Parker. I really like Craven Cottage as a as a home ground. So to see Fulham stay in the league, I, I'd love that. Uh, Leicester were dominant early. Uh, Tielemans had a had a shot, uh, hit the post, and then Fofana should have scored but didn't hit the hit the bar instead. Uh, Vardy had a back heel a little later. Um, the, the, the rain was pouring in the first half. I don't, I don't remember seeing a whole lot of it in the second, but man, that, that was, uh, it was a, a downpour in the first half, at least. Um, um, Adamola Lookman gave Fulham the lead in the 30th minute, uh, off a counter. I think it was just off the Leicester corner and, uh, and Gisa played him in with a really, really nice ball, really well-timed run and, uh, and slots it past Caster, Schmeichel to make it one nil. um, there's, and then there and five, four or five minutes later, um, Christian Fuchs gives away a penalty, um, to Fulham. And it's not really a decision that I like. I understand once it's another, one of those Andy Robertson, you know, on Danny Wilbeck type of decisions that I understand it, but I don't like it. I don't think either one of them should have been penalties. Um, but I think the Christian Fuchs one, you've definitely got more of an argument. He makes a challenge completely whiffs and, and, uh, you know, brings a player down. um, so I think it was was it Decordova Reed? I think it. I think that's who it was. Um, but I I I I don't like either one of them. I think they're both pretty soft. But I, I think the Christian Fuchs one was was more of a penalty. Uh, Cavaliere makes it two 0 and then he also had a chance right before half time to make it three. Um, Lookman should have made it three on seventy on the seventy fourth minute. Had a really good chance, uh, and then Harvey Barnes with a really really nice uh, chest down and, and left footed strike uh, makes it two one in the eighty sixth then. And then uh, Lester had some really good chances to equalize after that. He and Nacho had a really good chance. Um, Chengi's under plays the ball back, and I, I think he's he's had a couple assists in the league. I think he likes doing that, but I think he probably should have taken a strike at goal when he got when he had that touch in the six yard box. Um, the stats are really interesting here. Uh, Leicester city had 68% of the possession and they are one of these teams that don't want the ball. They don't want it. They're crystal palace arsenal. They're they're Manchester United. Even this is a team that really don't want to have that much of the ball. They don't, um, they don't feel comfortable trying to break teams down. They'd rather once again, just run at people and, and Jamie Vardy be dangerous like he always is. Um, but you can see that in the in, in the shot stats too, as Lester had 16 shots and only three on target. That that tells me that they're they're taking a lot of shots from outside the box. They're they're getting frustrated. And I think Madison had a couple a couple chances that he blazed over from, from just outside the box. Um so not surpri- not surprised to see that Fulham frustrated Lester this whole game. I think mean, obviously Lester are the better team. They got the better players, they're more talented, better manager, I would say. But Fulham get their nose in front and uh makes it two and that's huge that's that's that is massive for a team um that are struggling to to add that little bit of confidence um to add uh to their defense and I think uh to sit back and and try and soak up pressure I think that makes it a lot easier with a two goal lead um but uh, Fulham deserve I think Fulham deserved the three points they made the better chances uh Especially in the first half and, and early in the second, they had some good chances. Uh, had five shots on target to Leicester's three, so I think they deserved to win the game. Uh, just very surprising. You don't I did not expect to see Fulham win this game. Obviously, with my bets, I had I had uh, almost two units on Leicester to win. They were going off at minus one eighty nine, which I I liked those odds, but uh, I thought the odds should have been a little longer than that, which uh, probably should have been a little bit of a red flag, but. Uh, here we are Uh, just, you know, we're still learning this game, even though we're, we're positive the last four, the last four weeks, just going to brag on myself a little bit there. Um, 1.16 units on the over, which, uh, which I hit hit half of it and then pushed the other. uh, But I ended up uh, negative 1.4 units on this game. Uh, You know, a Fulham win will do that. I'm not going to bet on Fulham to win a whole lot this season. So, um, that's going to lose me money, I would imagine. Fulham I'm winning. Uh, last game of the weekend was another very interesting game. Another another game that uh, the better team probably lost in this one. West Ham two, Aston Villa one. Uh, I was very very happy to see uh, Miguel Antonio back for West Ham. Uh, he, I think he is their best player, but uh, really couldn't get going in this game. I, I think he's probably still. Um, Still uh, feeling the after effects of of the the injury he sustained against. I think it was against City, but good to see him back. Uh, he was dragged off at halftime because once again he didn't, couldn't really get anything going. Um, the The story of this game was two was two goals scored early in in the first and the second half from West Ham. Ogbonna scores from a corner in the second minute, and then uh, and then Jared Bowen had a had a goal in the first minute of the second half in the forty six minute um, from a from a cross. Uh, I think it was Ben Rama. Uh, but in the middle of that, Jack Grealish had a really, really nice run and deflected shot. Uh, just, just go inside the, the, uh, uh the right post of, a uh, Fabianski, uh, really nice solo run and goal. Uh, he's so good. He's got, and his calves are massive. He's got some huge calves on him. Um, Watkins kind of, Wally Watkins had kind of a shocker of a game. He had, uh, some chances he had, um, uh, he had a really good chance. Uh, I think it was early in the second half that Villa put together a really nice move and he, I think he just blazed it just wide, just outside the post. Um, but, and then uh, Trezeguet had a really good chance from, from a Watkins cross that uh, Fabianski had a really good save on. Uh, and then Aston Villa had a penalty that Watkins hit the bar. And then Watkins also had a goal ruled out for offside, which was an interesting decision, but understandably given. Um, but yeah, Ollie Watkins had a really tough day. I think, I think he played really well. He's very dangerous. He's a good player, but, uh, just kind of a tough day for, for Ollie Watkins. Um, yeah, Aston Villa were the better team. Uh, if you, if you watch this game, uh, you, you would, you would have seen that Aston Villa were the better team. They had 66, 66% possession, 16 shots and six on target. Uh, West Ham had six shots and two on target and they just happened to go in. Um, West Ham didn't create anything other than the two goals, and Aston Villa put together a lot of really good moves that they just couldn't quite finish off. Um, but I was very impressed with Aston Villa; they were the better team. And uh, and West Ham, once again, I think they're up to fifth. I think they're up to fifth. That's crazy for West Ham to be up to fifth, uh, but they are up to fifth in the league. And uh, you kind of you got to start, I think, r- giving them a little more respect uh, than than they're used to. I think David Moyes has done a really good job. They've had a really tough schedule too. It's not like they're they're playing the bottom feeders of of the league and, and beating them up. They're they've played you know almost every top half of the table team right now. Um, so really impressive from them. Hopefully, uh, Michael Antonio gets back healthy and back to one hundred percent. He's one of my favorite players in the league. Um, that's the kind of guy I would go for if I'm if I'm Arsenal. I'd want a worker. That's I think I think if you go by Michael Antonio. And put them up front instead of Aubameyang right now. I think you'd probably have more than ten goals on the season. But what do I know? Uh, my bets in this game: I had a unit on West Ham to win, which I'm happy to hit, even though they weren't—they uh, didn't play very well. Uh, that's you know, plus a unit and a half almost. And then I had uh, a unit on the under, which uh, which obviously didn't hit, um, being a, a three-goal game. So I end the week. Let's see where my, my, uh, my total stats were. Uh, in the week, 9, 10, and 2 uh, for uh, plus 2.05 units. Uh, I am now on the season 59, 82, and 8 for negative 11 units. But a lot of those units were, were given away early when the decisions were, were going a little cra- when I'm sorry, decisions when all the uh, results were going a little crazy. So uh, once we get back in, you know, we've gotten back into a more... Uh, you know, regular or normal season, uh, the units are starting to go up. They're starting to uh, starting to get better. Once again, four weeks in a row, um, I've got a positive unit, uh, net positive unit over over each of the last four weekends. So, can't complain about that. We'll keep that going. Uh, I'm going to do power rankings on Friday. We just had, I think it was uh, Newcastle Aston Villa. Was it Aston Villa? I'm not sure. Newcastle and somebody uh, just got canceled for Friday or postponed for Friday because of uh, COVID-related uh, a COVID-related situation uh, in the Newcastle camp. I think they had four or five players um, test positive or whatever that number is. But they're not playing on Friday, so um, we've just got weekend games uh, this weekend, which uh, I'm looking forward to. Obviously, not a, not a whole lot of of good matchups, but. Uh, Once again, I think we're getting nine games, so not going to complain about that, and uh, we're going to try and make some money. But um, I think that's it from me. I'm going to have another one come out on Friday. Another podcast come out on Friday. But once again, this is the Damn American Podcast. My name is Scotty H. Go follow me on Twitter uh, at the Damn American Podcast, where once again, I I give out all my picks about an hour before um, each kickoff, right when the lineups drop, just in case there's any any funny business. But, um, yeah, that's it for me uh, for this Wednesday. I'll have another one on Friday. But have a good one, guys. Appreciate you listening.